0: Hello, everyone. I'm Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to a brand new episode of Hi, Jinx, with me, Jinx Monsoon. Today, my guest is my business partner, my platonic soulmate, one of my very, very best friends, and um, someone well-known in the drag community. It's Kenneth Lee, a.k.a. Kenny. Uh, Or as we used to say um, in the dressing room, (laughs) we're gonna talk about opening night on broadway uh, with chicago the show i am now going to be running in until march 12th um we're sitting here on the floor because it was the best spot for us to record here in my um Brooklyn temporary apartment. Um, we're gonna talk about our long enduring friendship, um, Kenny's work behind the scenes in the drag world, and we're gonna talk about you know the art form, the life, uh, the pursuit of happiness, all all that wonderful shit. Today on High So buckle up, hunker down, and sink your teeth into some brand new High Jinks. M- oh. M. Mom! Hello everyone, I'm Jinx Monsoon and welcome to Hi Jinx, a podcast where I, an internationally tolerated drag superstar, get to interview compelling and fascinating people about how they became who they are and why they do what they do. Today, we are joined by my one-time assistant, now business partner, best friend, chosen family member, and probably a lot of other things I'm not even thinking to list right now, it's
1: Kenny. <laughs> Hi, Jinx. Hi, Kenny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, Kenny, you know, your name is pretty well known. To those in the know, everyone knows Kenny within the drag race, I wish sisterhood, less people knew my name. and also <laughs> throughout the drag community at large why would you say that is
1: um definitely has to do with my ability to joke with queens but also (laughs) stand firm in what I need to be happening on a show that I'm working on and also I'm extremely organized and consistent in the work that I do
0: Well, I mean, and humble. Um, (laughs) No, that is all true. Um, Let's put it into context for anyone who doesn't know. Um, Kenny and I have known each other for over a decade.
1: Um, Pushing 15 years. Pushing 15. I didn't even do the math. I know. It's scary to think about. (laughs) We met while I was on winter break in portland and And i had just moved there from a smaller town outside of portland so you were i mean you're really the first queer friend i ever had Ah,
0: i I mean it makes sense i mean i
1: knew people in portland but you and i became friends quickly but like the i'd say first friend not the first queer person i met
0: yeah um we we met in a very old school way, this is how queer people used to meet each other. If, if not through, you know, their own social engagements, but um, especially before you were old enough to go to bars, um, we had MySpace, and you would search. You would uh, set the search parameters so that you're only getting like-minded people we met through myspace we were both seeing someone we were a little bit flirty but we were both seeing someone turns out we were seeing the same person that brought us into each other's lives and as soon that person left and our friendship remained and now i refer to you as my platonic soulmate because Uh, I also refer to you as the Jinx Whisperer because you make sense of some of the inane ramblings that come out of me so I have been called the Drag Whisperer
1: by many different people I've worked for, which I like that
0: title. Um, I think uh, it's worth noting that you started as my assistant when um, I first did season five. Like pretty much first gig, Um, Kenny became my assistant and had been kind of shadowing um people at the local drag bar that we were both working at at the time to learn how to assist a drag queen Um, from that you kind of worked your way up the production ladder you've worked as a tour manager um many times you have been on the tours like battle of the seasons um voss's um, work the world tour and you have also um uh toured with bianca a, a Um anyone
1: i'm missing uh alaska for kind of a quick stint and probably a few other things i've assisted kim on a gig here and there mm-hmm. um and i'm probably missing some people but yeah my larger roles were battle of the seasons or with you for a lot of things and uh, work the world, for sure. And of course, working for Bianca and Jamie. Um, So when I say
0: Kenny knows (laughs) the world of drag in a very intimate way that very few people who are not currently drag queens. understand. Do you think it's because you've done drag in your life that you're able to understand the needs of a drag queen or the mindset of a drag queen yeah. so much better um, than
1: other people? Okay, two <laughs> things. I had this talk with Sherry Vine on Bianca's okay. tour. And I was like, I might not do drag, but I love all aspects of it. And I feel like I probably have like the soul of a drag queen.
0: Oh yeah, who do you think soul? Is it Dorian Corey? <laughs> I think I my
1: own, probably. Oh, but oh, I meant like my soul.
0: <laughs> I thought maybe a soul. No, Andrew no, no. Dua I just meant like point. I might
1: not get into <laughs> drag, but my love of the art form is something that I think comes from like a deep place, like most queens or mm-hmm. other people in their circle that are important to the art.
0: You, at one point, were my drag daughter, Kiki Monsoon. And then you um, became your own entity without my influence. Yeah, I don't want to go to,
1: I don't want to talk about that. You don't honest. want
0: to talk about Bambi? No,
1: I, okay, I, okay sorry. Um, okay. Because then people look up photos and it, it, Sure. It, I, sorry, I okay, yeah. I hear that. We'll
0: cut that. <laughs> sorry. Okay. No worries. Um, no, d- hold on, hold okay. on. I'll get us back into it. <clears throat> So now that you have worked with drag queens in this production um, angle for 10 years, um, your role is kind of changing, becoming my business partner, which means you might be on fewer tours per, per which means you might be on fewer tours per year um, and spending more time at home. Do you have excitement, anxiety? What are your thoughts about that?
1: I'm excited. I think I'm someone that needs a lot of change, which is why Mm. I really like touring. But not to say it's the only job, and I know you can relate to this, touring does not get easier as you get older. Like (laughs) I I don't want to make assumptions, but like a desk job... Isn't necessarily getting harder, in my opinion, as you get older. Make it might get more boring. That's the monotony
0: enough. of doing the same thing every day can sure. be horrible the, on uh, your body. I'm
1: yeah, I'm talking yeah. You but you're yes. The travel and the physical. It's a parts. very it's a very physically demanding job, and like not known to everybody, but in our world, we've all talked about how great it's been to be back touring since the pandemic but it's also been a lot more exhausting in a lot Mm -hmm. of different ways Mm -hmm. so i've been on and off the road for um even during the pandemic so i guess upwards of like 18 months up until Mm -hmm. november yeah you i mean because yeah we didn't know
0: what when we were going to get back to any kind of semblance of what work was before the pandemic. Oh yeah,
1: we we both in different ways said yes to anything that was getting us back to like whatever our old life was, quote unquote.
0: Yeah. I felt pretty, pretty invincible. Oh, absolutely. At the beginning of, (laughs) I don't know. Um, I, I can't even remember the order of the months and how everything has happened recently. It's really hard for me to kind of um, mentalize the timeline of how I like, I know it. Oh, I have no idea. I I don't even know how many months it's been since um, the finale of All Star 7. I
1: don't, (laughs) I know it's been. I started writing 2024 on different things that I was signing (laughs) for us, but we, yeah. We just got into 2023. Doesn't it feel like time feels different now? Yes, it feels like we all collectively, like, jumped forward in time and are trying to adjust to it. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Um, so we said yes to a lot,
0: but we have talked for years, literally years, because you and I, and Major Scales, um, I'm a workaholic, and uh, you, I, I I wouldn't call you a workaholic, but you're just, you You know what comes with the job Mm -hmm. and you're and you don't complain about the things that you you agreed to that comes with the job. And a lot of that is working just kind of constantly. (laughs) Yeah. I
1: think the difference with me maybe not being a workaholic is like my downtime is has and you're better at this now, but my downtime has always been more sacred. Like Mm -hmm. I'm absolutely not answering questions today or this off day on the tour, I'm absolutely not seeing anyone because I'm just not in the headspace. Yeah. And I need to r- restore that energy for the next show day.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty bad. I try to make everyone happy and do everything and be everything for everyone. And I do think I've gotten better at it, but I I do feel myself dropping into old habits.
1: I love saying no to people, so that's different.
0: <laughs> the way I haven't dropped into old habits is I I'm doing much better at not trying to micromanage things. Yeah. I have a as you know, a tendency does, and I think a lot of drag queens do, and you don't have to name names, but a lot of drag queens no <laughs> want to tell you, they want you to do something, but then they stand over you and tell you how to do it while you're doing it. And I had to, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to learn that that's not helpful for anyone. And I, if I, If I trust this person to do this thing, I need
1: to trust this person to do this thing. (laughs) And a lot of drag queens who are in a position of having to be, like, a boss of people or their own business, that's not exactly why you get into the art form. So that's something that is learned over time and with the desire to be a better business person. I think... Which is different than being an incredible performer.
0: You know, drag queens continue to inspire me. Like... The reason why I chose drag and drag chose me is because I truly am inspired watching a drag queen do something so masterfully and just like blow everyone's minds. Because it's not even that it's like no one could expect that a drag queen could do that. It's that no one could expect that one person could do that. You know? Yeah, I do want to say, I
1: don't feel like it's a critique that perhaps queens aren't the best business people because we know everything that they already have to do. as. No, that's perf- what I was going to say. Yeah, it's like you have to be a performer. You have to be the makeup artist. You have to be the PR person. And then on top of that, you also have to be the CEO. It's like, it's You've a lot You've got to be ask. the
0: creative director. Yeah.
1: And... But,
0: you know, it's the drag queens who I actually think are really, really good business people that inspire me. I mean, look at what Alaska and Willem have done, you know, and with Big Dipper and now Joseph and all the, I mean, they, that's the thing is they've expanded. They have so many people working with them now and I mean, but they did it themselves and when DeLa and... When Dela invited me in to be like essentially a business partner with her on the holiday tour, even though I'm not a producer, you know, being a creative partner with her and that we are creating it ourselves and then we're the people in charge of it. I I feel like, I don't know. I, I don't think that this is the future of all entertainment, but entertainers should have a project that is exclusively theirs mm-hmm. and i mean i i just think it's very important for artists to have certain things that they own a hundred percent
1: definitely what do you think i think i lost where we were a little bit but i agree you had <laughs> you
0: started and then i stopped you so that i could correct something i
1: did and then i no, went no off no the i whole think train. S- that's a good button on that Topic of queens being well rounded. I guess, like, the only thing I will say is I'm thinking about how some people are like, Oh, I saw her perform and she was a little tired or off her game. And it's like, Okay, well, that whoever you're talking about is running an empire. So I'm, I'm sorry they they weren't giving you 115% like they've done every other night. Oh, wow. I'm not talking about anyone specific, just I know that that happens. Yeah.
0: Well, no, of course, because we're human beings yeah. and human beings experience burnout. But What I think that segues us into is you've been around, you've been on the tours, you do not need to name a single name. Let's start with a story about me. Um, You've seen some crazy things. No, I'm, okay. I'm saying, let's start with me to show in uh, show a good faith. You've yeah, seen yeah. some crazy things on tour. You and I were once asked by a police person in <sighs> Amsterdam to take our bickering outside
1: or we were going to be arrested. <laughs> it, it wasn't quite that extreme, but it That's was. That's what it felt like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did feel that way. It was like, uh, he said, please stop fighting in the airport. And that,
0: I thought we were going to be arrested.
1: I mean, he didn't. Seem to really care about two sort Michelle of. Michelle and I sissy were sure people, that we were like, going to be arrested. <laughs> pointing at, you and Michelle, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Jumping to the extremes. <laughs> um, so that was a pretty crazy. We one. were yelling,
0: and 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 the reason why it was crazy is because I almost didn't make it back to the to the bus to make it to the airport. Oof. In Paris, because yeah. I had gone out to have a little tryst, and my phone died. And also, you know, that was back when I drank heavily. I wasn't, I wasn't the most present and mindful person.
1: Fair. <laughs> uh, the other aspect of that too is that you and I hadn't done that was still traveling was very new to us still mm-hmm. so we were in a new place for both of us despite a few other people having been there mm. so i think that adds an element of like fear and anxiety yeah um that like we probably wouldn't have now if like for whatever reason one of us was late to a flight we just know what to do in those situations yeah
0: you know um yeah it's it just it's night and day like touring now at this point in our lives, um, and you and I haven't actually toured together in a while because you um, have been touring with Bianca, but what would you say are the biggest things um, that you are proud of now with how you handled tour life that you didn't know when you started? Any yeah. young, maybe any young queens, any season 15 queens, think of that. If there was a season 15 queen listening to us right now, what would you want to say to them about international touring and tour life in general?
1: If you're a picky eater, (laughs) you should quit drag. Um, No, for real, like food is your fuel on tour. It can't be your like thing you're looking to for comfort because what you think is if you're even finding anything remotely American, sometimes you might think you're getting a hamburger or a chicken sandwich (laughs) or fried chicken and you will get something put in front of you that is not that in your mind. And that's like sometimes best case scenario. Um, (laughs) And I feel like, mm, I mean, I don't want to just like attack new Queens, but there can be a lack (laughs) of um, understanding of like, if you want to come back to this venue, you need to be nice to the people that oh, are working there. Oh, what a novel concept! Yeah, right. It's it seems um, to be lost once you've once you've done a long flight or a long tour. Suddenly, it's like, well, then I deserve to not be in a good mood, which I understand a part of that, but yeah, I mean, okay. But again, it's another aspect of the job you're representing but your own brand. Th- that
0: said, I think I think a general tour rule is that everyone is allowed their one day that they're oh, just absolutely. like over it. The
1: tour demon on Battle of the Seasons It travels. Right.
0: And even on the holiday tour, which is one of the most blessed experiences I've ever had um, touring, um, it, it, the demon is present and it jumps from host to host. I I had it twice, maybe three times, but it was a really intense tour this year. You yeah.
1: Know? I mean, it's... it's attached itself to me here and there yeah. as well even if I've had oh, I had to bottle remember. it up
0: yeah. <laughs> I remember you had we were remember how stunned silent every queen was in the room when you had your tour demon and you told you told bleep <laughs> <laughs> Um,
1: I, what the crazy part is, I know we're thinking of two different situations. Uh, probably, <laughs> yeah. probably,
0: we'll we'll find out when we're not, you know, uh, minding our p's and yeah. q's. So, what is? Um, I shared one that I remember. You you got any other crazy ones? Don't name any names. You um, don't even have is, to say what the tour was. Yeah, yeah, no,
1: uh, I was actually, for some reason it's on my mind, but um, we had had, uh, it was DragCon UK, and we just had like such a great time with our friends, but you and I had this one-off gig, in Sweden, which is, like, a very quick oh, flight from Sweden. London. But oh, we have been. We, I was
0: just talking to someone. I couldn't remember if we've been to Sweden. We've been to
1: Sweden. Yes. Well, I've been several times.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> we went together, and I actually don't even
1: remember the city we went to. Gotham. Goth, Goth. Goth something? It wasn't Gotham. Gotham. <laughs> it wasn't Gotham, but it was, like, something like that hmm. for Pride. Stockholm? Um, is, where's nope. Where's Stockholm? In Sweden. It is? Yeah. I did it. <laughs> Are you sure it wasn't Stockholm? No, it was, was no, it Stockholm I, Pride? It was Stockholm Pride. It was Pride, but it was not Stockholm. Let me. What I'm just gonna look it up, but it doesn't matter. Anyway, that was <laughs> this is more of a me story. But we were encouraging each other to like just enjoy the experience of going out. We were hanging out with D and Bj and a bunch of our friends from London who we know from just the amount of times we've been mm-hmm. there were there and. I drink so much on an empty <laughs> stomach, which seems to be the only time I ever have. Like, I don't drink a lot. Not I know said, you're kind
0: of amazing because you are one. You are one person who has always just been very in control of
1: how Except your relationship when to When I tell myself alcohol. I'm going to have fun, I always end up throwing up. But uh, I was <laughs> like so hungover, and we still had to get to our flight at six a.m. And I just remember I was. I didn't react the way that people normally would. I was just like laughing about how horrible I felt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I projectile vomited oh in the God. lavatory bathroom um, <laughs> a like berry smoothie.
0: No, that, I, I
1: remember. Yeah, that and story I had to clean it up now. while they were like, please take your seats. Oh, and I'm like no, cleaning up purple all over the bathroom. Oh my gosh. It was horrific. But also, I was laughing because who does that happen to? Like, who has that story?
0: Um drag queens and the people who love them. There's a phrase in the drag community, um, drag husband. Um, and there is a collective of significant drag husbands. You don't have to name any names. I don't want to um, get you ousted I, from the I group. know nothing. You're not going to share any details? What are you asking? <laughs> y'all have
1: y'all have your own
0: private little chat. We talk, yes.
1: <laughs> I wanted to call us the Babysitter's Club because... Uh- um, <laughs> Not everybody <laughs> is like a drag husband, but that's also, yeah. I, I don't hate that term. Like it's, Cause little, you're
0: not, I, well, like my husband is my husband and you're not even my drag husband. You've always
1: been like, Oh, if anything I've jinxed is like eldest child that doesn't. Respect her as much as she should, and yeah. that's
0: the role you've always. Yeah. Played, yes, but I'm, I'm, I mean, like the function you serve in the world. Okay, if if I'm running an empire, you're my royal advisor. You're the Jafar to the Sultan. Hmm. I don't love that. <laughs> um, yeah, hand of the king. Uh, the Grand Vizier. Do you remember our first time going to Vienna? For life ball.
1: Yeah. I, it's, it'd be hard to how, forget yeah. for a lot of reasons. Good good, and bad, of course, like most experiences.
0: I'm not talking about my second life ball. I'm talking oh, no, about the but first. I life was thinking ball. of how you
1: decided to run your own errands and oh got um, eyewash. what i was
0: gonna talk about i meant to get contact solution and i got eye wash or some kind of eye soap or something (laughs) you looked blind my contacts were (laughs) warped and and this is i this is why i switched to dailies um because my contacts and they were the only contacts i had they were so messed up by this stuff that it looked like i had advanced Cataracts. My eyes were a milky white color, and everyone thought it was like a specialty
1: contact that I was wearing for this. Right, it kind of that always happens with drag. Like a mistake turns into like oh, like fierce love. I couldn't stunning. I I couldn't see. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. The
0: dress I wore, the Jamie von Strat, the Jamie. The dress I wore, the J. Von Stratton, um, it w- I wore my dress that I crowned Bianca in. Emerald City. My Emerald City gown. It was so precarious to get in and out of the limousine. And then I was...
1: Not, I to- not done beautifully or gracefully you no. exiting the car. No,
0: I was so cranky about that. <laughs> and then I was wearing sunglasses on the red carpet because my, con- my contacts were so
1: messed up. Yeah, and f- oddly, I think, it, you know, we don't have to... Quantify how you were carrying yourself, but for some reason no one wanted to talk to you on the red card. That happened to me the <laughs> whole time the first life ball. Um well, but, I have theories, but Yeah. I think it's, it's <laughs> none of like, which that are worth entertaining. No, but it all goes back to you being named Jinx and Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's it's I don't make this stuff up. <laughs> like uh, anyway. Had you not done the contact thing had the dress been easy to get in and out of we'd be talking about something else like completely deranged that happened that was outside of our control (laughs) that's it was going to be that was the energy of the event and so that to me shows that like we just always get in these situations
0: but you and I so we talked about some of the rough situations you and I um have worked very hard on our friendship. And I say we've worked very hard because I've I, I, I'm, I'll, I've said it before and I'll say it again, significant relationships require work. They don't just happen on their own. If they seem like they're happening on their own, if they seem like it's just perfect with no hard work or no effort on anyone's part, something's probably being hidden from someone.
1: I agree. I will try not to have too many quotes for this, but it makes me think of this one of like uh, one of my favorite authors, but she says balance isn't a passive state. It's the act of taking out and putting in. (laughs) And I think that's what we've had to do where we thought it would just happen on its own. And it, like you just said, it's a ton of work to get to a place with someone where you can communicate effectively. And then Mm -hmm. also when you don't communicate effectively, Go back and have a conversation mm. around that when you're in a better headspace. And you and I have sought a lot of different techniques ways and for techniques getting to this and point. modalities to like get. We've just worked on ourselves a lot together.
0: And you know, I uh, say it all the time: therapy and witchcraft. But you also practice therapy and witchcraft. <laughs> um, you always have those quotes for me. Um, you also play a big part in high jinx. You have brought a lot of wonderful guests to hijinks. Um, Most recently, Chelsea Wolf. Um, you've introduced me to a lot of things that then become a big part of my work. I always have said that, you know, I'm Jinx monsoon, but I don't do it alone. But specifically, Jinx Monsoon is a culmination of you and I—a group, a, an effort that you and I put into
1: me, the person, and the persona. You know? Thank you. That, that's really sweet of you to say. You also have brought a lot of, as much as, like, I know you're talking about music or authors or poets or whatever, but you've equally brought a lot of those into my life. It's just my life isn't under the spotlight where I, like, then can tell other People oh, in yeah. a public setting about them. So you I don't mean wanna... never shut up about it. Well, <laughs> sometimes you're asleep. <laughs>
0: so, what have been some of the most amazing experiences you've gotten because of tour life, because of choosing this career path? Yeah.
1: Um, I used to write about as a kid how I wanted to see the world. So, in some ways, I maybe should have been more specific. Um, like, uh, we've but, talked
0: about this before yeah, when when you set a powerful
1: spell you need to be specific yeah, because really, remember no every, complaints but i mean i could have added also a millionaire you know, yeah. to that or something <laughs> but.
0: well you you and i talked about this when when the pandemic happened we were like ha, every drag queen we had interacted with oh yeah for the last <laughs> like Four or five months. I just wish
1: the world. Was I just on a break. wish we could
0: all take a break. How, everywhere, Everywhere, yeah. every not just drag queens. Every artist we talked to, every artist was planning a big break. I've talked to so many people who are like, "Well, the pandemic happened at a time that I had already planned a break. I planned my hair transplant." You know, like we were all like, "We need a break." And then you said you've been wishing for a big break and you cast too powerful of a spell or you've been wishing for it for too Too long. Too many people were wishing for
1: that. But in a way, that's it ended up being good. But yeah, at the time, it was like, oh, fuck. Well, I mean, of course,
0: it was a global tragedy. Right. You know, I I think right now we are at the point of trying our best to find what we learned from the pandemic because, of course, we could talk endlessly about the pain and the loss and the frustration and the anger we felt all throughout that and just how terrifying it was. But I think right now, what I am witnessing in culture and in entertainment is a newfound appreciation for being back out
1: in the world and um, stronger boundaries. Yeah. And <laughs> I think that um, kind of circles back to the start of the question, but another, well, something I've gained from this that i Sorry, something I've gained from this that I, I mean, it's just, it's one of the greatest things of my like life experience, but I've been to six different continents now. Mm-hmm. I've been...
0: How many are there?
1: Seven. Yeah. Okay. So you, Antarctica. Yeah, I'm probably not going to make it there. It's not a lot of work in, on Antarctica.
0: But are you... You're not a completionist. You don't want to have um, done
1: all of them. I'm more interested in cities mm. and like seeing how just a different culture is. So mm-hmm. I do love nature and things, but sailing around like an ice mass, well, it's still uh, a an ice mass. Ice. Yeah. <laughs> um, not super interested in. But there are a lot of places on the other continents that I if- still want to go and see. And I feel most alive when I'm seeing a new place that I haven't seen before. Not the only time I feel alive, but there's a certain sensation there that I'm a little bit addicted to.
0: Okay, that's fair. Yeah,
1: And like you, um, we have friends now in other parts of the world that we get to see, and that's a really incredible experience that not everyone gets to have. To know if I lived in London or somewhere in Australia, um, places like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you could see how you could live there. Yeah. Whereas before that, it would seem almost impossible to be somewhere else. And it's weird to feel this way, but I feel like seeing other cities, I can see how I would live there or thrive there in some places, or I just fall in love with certain places. Um, don't know where i was going with that. Well, it's we've been very lucky
0: because we've taken a theater route.
1: Yes, we, exactly.
0: We have gotten to actually spend sometimes like a month in a city. Mm-hmm. Um or even when it's just a couple of weeks. Tour life the hardest part of it is how fast it moves mm-hmm. and how How much traveling is frustrating, irritating, hard on your body, disrupts your sleep, disrupts everything. Um, uh, So when we got to, when we started doing. You know our cabaret shows with major scales, and we, even though sometimes the living arrangements were precarious and difficult, we did get the experience of living in places like New York. We we've lived in Provincetown for many summers. Um, We've lived in London for chunks of time. Um, We spent a really hearty chunk of time in Australia for Yeah, that
1: still is up there on one of the crazier experiences because mm-hmm. it was the most, like, disconnected from the U.S. I ever felt because we were gone for nearly three months. Yeah. Um, which I've been gone, but not in the same country for yeah. that long.
0: I have now, you know, spent... Um, quite a bit of time in the UK and I feel very comfortable there. I do get homesick. I think I get homesick more than you don't. I? Absolutely. I, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm, I've gotten
1: better at, and I maybe started out in a decent spot with that, but the, just the sort of thought process of like, I am my home mm-hmm. first. And so I have other places that are homes, but mm-hmm. I even said gone just now. And I was like, I don't even like thinking that way that I'm, I'm gone. Cause it sounds like I'm supposed to be back at the house Mm -hmm. in portland and i think that's not a great mindset for someone that's touring which kind of goes back to like someone who's just starting out in the drag world and touring Mm -hmm. you really have to change your mindset about what being away means in a lot of different aspects
0: i think that's very astute Kenny. i think that's very um solid thinking So, it's a very significant time. Um, You and I, uh, we're celebrating um, a big milestone for me, but also for us because you have actively been working with me towards this career dream and, um, life goal that I am very fortunate to have gotten to experience, um, this, uh, last Monday, what uh, m- on, on a Monday, what a funny day for such a big thing, but it was so amazing. The crowd was really, really wonderful. I experienced it as a performer and I'm going to be talking about it all through. You'll get to hear about the experience throughout, um, the next handful of episodes, episodes I'm not even going to redo that line you
1: heard me say episodes also again you listen to less podcasts than me but people mess up words all the time whatever okay (laughs) but um what was it like as
0: an audience member and you don't have to talk specifically you can talk about me as your friend but I also want to know what was it like seeing the show that night
1: yeah um it was shockingly seamless I mean I've seen it Decent amount of shows on the West End. Mm-hmm. I've only seen Cinderella with you on Broadway. Have we saw but... Matilda on Broadway? No, I wasn't there.
0: Oh, I imagined you there.
1: Yeah. Okay. I think we do that to each other, which isn't, I don't think, a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I wasn't there for Matilda. I, only because I really liked the story of Matilda, and I would mm-hmm. probably remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just so seamless having, I mean... As you know from our end, it's almost impossible for, like, a comp ticket or a family member, not just your family, but Mm -hmm. any show we've seen, Mm -hmm. um, to just have it successfully be on the list, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And that all was just completely seamless.
0: Because it's Broadway, baby. (laughs) No, but that was
1: just amazing. (laughs) Um, The theater was beautiful. The show was incredible. I think what I loved most about the show, having... Only seen clips that you've shown me in the movie, and I know the songs extremely well. Oh yeah, you do. It's because of because you just and drag and
0: inundating you with the soundtrack yeah. for the last fifteen years. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: Um, so I've fallen in love with the music, and that's something you've introduced me to. Is just the good music that comes out of musicals that I think people who often say like I don't like musicals, I I don't like broad statements like that because yeah. there's going to be good music there.
0: Yeah. Well, and Um, this musical, like, I think people think of musicals and they immediately think of, there's no business like show business. Or they think of guys and
1: dolls from (laughs) The Simpsons. (laughs) (laughs) But what I loved, and it wasn't unexpected. Um, It just wasn't something I was thinking about. But Chicago is just more the live music, Mm. the dancing and the acting. And it's just really pared down and not about the set pieces moving here and there. Mm. Um, And there's
0: there's cool, there's cool production elements.
1: You can do so much with a set with like, like I was saying how much I loved the lighting Mm -hmm. in it, which created the different spaces Mm -hmm. in a very unique way. Um, Just, I think the focus though being on, or just the focus being the set itself pared down Mm -hmm. was something I fell in love with because you could really watch the actors together. And I Mm -hmm. can get distracted by like, Who's moving that set piece? When is this mm, thing coming mm-hmm, out? Because mm-hmm. um, that's just where my brain goes working on shows. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have that with Chicago because there was only the people in front of you and the band. Mm-hmm. So I think you – I heard more of the dialogue than I would have if I saw something else.
0: Yeah. I said this recently in uh, – no, I don't think I said it in an inter- interview. I was just talking with the team I've been working with that um, – uh, it moves so fast, but you don't feel lost ever. Oh, that's such a perfect way to say it. Because and I, I know that like the movie helps, like for someone who loves the movie, thinks it's a very good musical movie. But I also took my friend Dante, who um, is not a musical theater person. He he got everything, and the yeah. show moves so fast, but you never feel lost because. They're playing on a story like tropes that we know so right. well. We know kind of like the sequence of events in a murder trial, and like from murder to trial. We kind of, because our culture is obsessed with it, and that's mm. what the show. That's what it's about on the surface, Absolutely. but what it's really about is, you know, how innocence can be bought, basically,
1: yeah. and. Yeah, I mean, that's probably one of my favorite parts of Chicago is that it's like the truth is sort of irrelevant to the legend, which Mm -hmm. is really true for any story.
0: That's, yeah, because the truth is what happened. The legend is how the culture was affected by it. Yeah. And that's what the legend reflects to us. Right.
1: There's going to be some noise in the background, as they say on some podcasts when you're not recording and you're desired location let's,
0: let's talk about this because you mentioned it
1: i have two
0: podcasts uh, anyone wondering um nick Sohoyan and i are working on getting um What's your phone that can't be my phone my phone is on do not disturb oh, okay
1: anyway back to the podcast <laughs> uh,
0: um i have now two podcasts um uh, Nick Sohoy and I are working with Studio 71 uh, to get uh, season three back up and running. It's just been a little bit of a um, <laughs> are you crazy time. Oh, hush you. <laughs> um, now, uh, so I'm working on this. Jinx has stayed going strong even through this busy time. Thanks to the efforts um, from everyone on my team that you and Robbie and also um, all of, everyone at forever dog and moguls of media um our mom network uh and uh, so i'm 40 percent podcast will be coming back the point that i wanted to say was i don't actually listen to podcasts it's just not my jam i really love doing it right you hear them through
1: osmosis, you said once, and you, I liked that, through me. I do
0: yeah. hear them um, through osmosis, and there are podcasts that I really love to hear through osmosis. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite thing about podcasts? Because you convinced me to do podcasts, and now I love doing it. And I'm sure I would find podcasts if I had Uh, even a sliver of a time to cram something else into my life I was already
1: like (laughs) someone who likes to read but um I kind of went through this phase and this is a long story of getting into podcasts Mm -hmm. where I was kind of getting headaches from reading on flight so this thing that was like keeping me calm was Mm -hmm. starting to like not keep me calm it was like sort of a motion sickness thing Mm -hmm. so I went to like audiobooks and really fell in love with them and it's you're going to listen to a podcast by accident just through being interested in audiobooks. Mm. Um, So I was taking on some, like, comedy news podcasts Mm. uh, while I was listening to, like, more fiction-based audiobooks. And that's where it sort of, like, jumped off for me getting into podcasts, like, six or seven years ago, I suppose. But what I'll say about, like, sound issues or things is that I think sort of everyone in podcasting is feeling like, this is just the moment you're finding us in. And it's not always going to be perfect. The goal is to have it as best as possible, but this isn't the only thing you're working on and Mm -hmm. it's not always going to be the best sound quality. And then I will also say, I listen to a lot of podcasts where someone will apologize for a sound like 50 times and I can't hear the sound they're talking about. Oh God! So it's like this weird flip. So, okay.
0: But what... So uh, thank you for alleviating my anxiety like you are so um, apt at doing. Um, But tell me, what is it? What
1: do you get most out of podcasts? For me, I think perhaps it's like a vivid imagination, but I get the same thing out of it that I would from watching a YouTube video or something entertaining Mm -hmm. on TV. And I think it allows me to have my hands doing whatever I want, which whether that's gardening or something more mundane like the dishes Mm -hmm. um, or cleaning, it's just uh, it much like video games is just um, something that can occupy my brain and thoughts. Mm -hmm. So if I'm listening to people having a conversation and thinking about like my thoughts on the conversation, Mm -hmm. um, I find that very like meditative. And also it's a release if it's a funny podcast, like I'm laughing and enjoying myself. Yeah, I, I hear that.
0: Hmm. Not Great. to
1: say I don't play some video games, but I, I don't think I spend. I spend a similar amount of time listening to podcasts and video games that you spend probably playing video games like mine is just a different <laughs> mix. of well, stuff. Well,
0: I've been doing and you do other things more I'm
1: just a, a
0: variety of things recently. I've been actually having a lot more fun getting ready for my day every day. I think part of it is because I, I don't know, I'm in a really good place and When you're in a good place, it's easier to like kind of like get into like your presentation and your appearance. And then when you like feel like you look good, it keeps you in a good place. Yeah,
1: definitely. You know,
0: because you're not worried about, you know, and it's hard though, because we all have those times where we get depressed or we get into a depressive cycle. And then we know if I just got into the shower and washed my hair and made myself look nice. I'm going to feel better already. For sure.
1: But it's like, that's so hard. And I experienced that too. And of course, to different degrees. But the thing that makes you feel better also requires energy. And sometimes in those headspaces we don't have energy. Yeah. So, and I'm not saying it's impossible, but I know the feeling of, I need to go do this thing to feel better, but I'm already at negative <laughs> 10. Like, how do I get, I have to go to negative yeah. 15 to then get back up to five or whatever. Yeah. It's a lot. Um,
0: I have some questions here that my lovely producer, Joseph Shepard, has, these are more rapid. She's only
1: hit me once. Oh no, my god! I'm just gosh. kidding. Never, <laughs> never, never, never. never.
0: <laughs> even in my angriest moments, I'm talking like a, a kid, a, a, a parent would talk to a kid. Um, You've never even come close. That's why I'm teasing. What's you so, oh my god. what's so funny is You said it to me once when I was trying to make sense of how to explain. Now I say platonic soulmate. But our relationship has been through so many stages. And many queer relationships that I hold dear to me have been through so many different stages. You know, I think a lot of queer people will agree with me that you go through a phase in life maybe where you know like every new queer person you meet that you're attracted to it's just kind of you get the sexual tension out of the way in some way yeah that's <laughs> especially it, in your early 20s and it's
1: just i think well things are just more fluid in the queer community duh so yeah, yeah that, that's a so good way to explain it
0: and then so it's it uh, one time you just said it very succinctly you're like well queer relationships are more complicated and nuanced and so it's like it's funny because sometimes i feel very parental and protective of you sometimes it's the other way around you're taking care of me same though Um, yeah i know it's it's very funny just like um how many different things our relationship has been throughout our time knowing each other and like we said um we've I we actually had a moment we I will not give details but we basically had a moment where we had to decide do we want to continue being friends or not yeah and we've had maybe more than one moment
1: I think one big one and maybe some smaller but one where it was like we need to do the work to make sure that this still happens if we both agree to do the work
0: yeah. And part of that was realizing we needed time t- not doing absolutely everything together, which led yeah. to you actually having some wonderful experiences touring with Bianca Del Rio on her last three comedy tours. Uh,
1: t- two, but I think I've. Two and filled- some change. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, So, and now um, we're working together more and our jobs have both changed kind of drastically and very quickly. Um, I just, it's very significant and it's special to get to have you on, especially since for all intents and purposes, you are a very introverted person who um, has found yourself in an extroverted
1: field. (laughs) I suddenly feel like I didn't say how... Great and amazing you were in the show oh and my how it gosh. brought me to tears. No, but I, I basically but I told did, you. To n- I know, but d- don't I did that. I did that. that thing of like I mentioned a bunch of other stuff and mm. it felt like it's like oh how was the show and I'm like mm. oh the lights were great. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> well, I, it was, it was, was an a- emotional experience for all of us. It was could not have been better vocally, performance-wise for you, but the whole cast and everything. It was just an incredible. Yeah for a lot of reasons in our world and also the show that being said um i i don't know i see it in our community still um obviously because the world has this idea of like monogamous relationships and even relationships that are more expansive than that Mm -hmm. in our community we still don't like saying that there's intimacy or romance with a friend Mm -hmm. and i've kind of Gotten rid of that mindset, and there's like a romance to some friendships. There's, I wouldn't say there's not a romance between certain experiences I have with my sisters because we know each other so intimately. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that's, I don't want that to be a word we reserve for like a romantic partner, which is different than having a romance with a friend. Yeah. If that makes sense. Well, I mean like language is ever changing, but like,
0: and if it means something different to you, then it means something different to you. I think um, one thing we both agree on is um, nothing really matters because everything's made up.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) I have some questions. I said this like 12 minutes ago or however. Um, Here's some uh, questions from our lovely Joseph Shepard. Joseph, I, I believe wrote these questions wondering, uh, thinking that these are the things that um, the fans would want to know. Let's hear him. How did you meet Jinx? We kind of touched that. What was your favorite and least favorite moment of working with Jinx? We talked about that. What are each other's pet peeves? Let's.
1: Well, I actually, just to say, <laughs> we talked about <laughs> least favorite, which is just stupid, annoying fights. That's, mm-hmm. we mentioned a few, yeah. um, which were over nothing predominantly, <laughs> but don't have a favorite moment, but to have the experience of traveling with like my best friend, Oh yeah. We
0: have traveled so much. We're good at traveling
1: together. And the plans we have for the future, like that's the things we've done and are still going to do together as friends and chosen family. Like that's amazing. Yeah. And I will always live in the joy of that.
0: Yeah. I, I, I'm really grateful that we, we've talked about this, but you know, We had messy moments in our 20s, both of us. And we party, And that's good. <laughs> we those partied are, yeah. in our 20s. And those are good things. And we are both now very, like, chill. We're both, like, much more interested in spending time at home with friends and having conversations and watching movies together. But it is really special that I got to party all over the world with my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, I have lots of very, very close people to me, but everyone in my world knows the significance of our uh, of our of our relationship what are each other's pet peeves i think um um what's- I got mine oh
1: what is it <laughs> no you go first i'm actually interested in that i can't think of any flaws i have so this will be interesting
0: i guess <laughs> Um, nothing's you know, probably because I haven't mm. seen you do something specific recently. I guess a pet peeve is I can't ever complain without you telling me yeah. how I could make the situation better for myself.
1: Yeah. I think um, I struggle with saying like, is this something you want feedback on or do you just want me to listen?
0: Yeah, but also I I love to complain. I'm a Virgo. Um Yeah, and so I do get I've been working on not complaining though. And I'd say so. Yeah. But um I but and, no I'm not
1: complaining in a ungrateful way. Like Jinx is someone who complains about like the monotony of the day to day. Like you're not complaining about your life. You're complaining that but, like, we might need to like vacuum before Friends come over, or like mm-hmm. that, somehow the kitchen is dirty again. I need to, to make a third trip to the dressing Yeah, store like it's, for- that's what you complain about. So, it's I just want to be clear, it's not like <laughs> I have to go to work. But, I mean, we all complain about flights. That's
0: yeah. Oh, flying airports are the worst. Don't get me started. Yeah. You've heard it all. Um, have you ever? T- this is such an
1: interesting oh, question. Oh, I didn't get to say my
0: oh my gosh, I'm sorry. What's your pet peeve? I guess
1: being interrupted <laughs> <laughs> no um that doesn't bother me you're just a chit chatter uh it is your insistence on knowing that you have a certain amount of time and also not acknowledging that you will not be ready in that amount of time
0: i always say no i'll be ready yeah, even yeah. when it's clear that i'm not gonna be ready yeah again. yeah i always truly be- when i say but it i truly believe. it's a it. pet
1: peeve not like a deal breaker you know okay yeah um,
0: and what I want to say about my pet peeve about you is, it's that I think I've said to you sometimes it's okay to be frustrated and not have to improve myself from yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Why? Well, but well, what I love about solution. you is you're always exactly looking for the solution. You're looking for the fastest, quickest way that the situation could get better, and usually it involves me changing my attitude about it. Yeah, which <laughs> you're an Earth sign, so
1: it's a little bit slower. To change or a rapid earth shattering trance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whereas I'm an air sign, so it's like I'm upset now I'm not and the You're, wind is blown uh, and yeah. I have a different emotion. Yeah. That yeah, okay. Um
0: this is a very <laughs> this is a very funny question. Have you ever taken the blame for something Jinx did?
1: I know I have, and I can't think of... I can't
0: think of... I feel like, but it must have been something so stupid. I think it would just be little things where... Like it's breaking like, something. Um. No, I can't. I can't, honestly can't remember a single time. Nothing major. Because like, anytime there's something... Normally when I've done something bad, I'm like, you know, I'm pretty good at You're destroying yourself
1: on the inside. It's almost impossible to get mad at you because you've... Oh, I was going to say,
0: I'm. I'm very good at apologizing... <laughs> oh. uh,
1: to to, you, p- to you, strangers. You are good at apologizing <laughs> when you are ready to apologize. You're not. Okay. I'm. I feel like I can apologize and then grow into the apology. Mm. Um. You. Have I need to, to feel very f- guilty. I need to feel
0: guilty. And, and when want I want
1: to apologize. And
0: that's why I think I apologize more to people I don't know. Yeah. Because if I do something and that's like an impression I'm making, the the guilt that I feel anytime I do something anything really i feel guilt over so much
1: (gasps) yeah you'll destroy yourself from the inside and then come crawling with an apology for sure okay
0: okay what is jinx like when the spotlight is off
1: um very similar i think jinx is a character jinx monsoon is a character but that is a part of who you are Mm -hmm. what jinx the performer isn't is like quieter or more introverted or a member of like a chosen family and friend group Mm -hmm. um and i think what people don't see is that you are just another one of the friends whether it's people Mm -hmm. in portland or our like more uh older friend group from seattle you're just one of us and there's not (laughs) a um I don't know if cloud is the right word, but there's not this like thing that maybe a new friend has with you that, um, and I don't think you really let people in like this, uh, <laughs> but there's just, there's not, you're not treated as Jinx Monsoon, the performer entity. You're our friend that has this really cool job, but you're still our friend. And so I think. And everyone's still
0: as honest and direct and candid and, um, um, uh, you, like, what I love is that no, the people who are the closest to me and who have remained the closest to me and the people around the world that I stay the closest with and yeah. that I make time for when I'm in those cities are the people who treat me exactly the same as before anything. Right. You know? And then I've made new friends who either don't know anything about the work or or are just good at not letting that affect their
1: uh, vision of me. Yeah, and they can still think it's cool and enjoy it and Mm -hmm. get, like, some of the perks of having a um, dirty folding chair at a Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) a viewing party or something. Yeah.
0: Um. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Um, uh, A favorite thing to do with me? favorite thing to do with me?
1: Uh, I mean, definitely us talking is always great because we we were going to record this earlier we had a bunch of plans and we just we were having life talk for hours yeah and it felt like five minutes went by. yeah
0: we were going to record this first thing in the day and now it is just after 7 p.m in brooklyn and um, we haven't eaten solid food in a while no um Um, but
1: talking but that also is just hanging out when it's not just (laughs) the two of us but in a setting where we can show each other different YouTube videos from our, you know, we don't, we don't spend every day together with our different jobs. And Mm -hmm. even in kind of the new way we're operating this year, there'll still be times we're apart. So we're always catching up. Um, Yeah. Just getting to hang out. I mean, it's pretty simple, Yeah, but we could hang out and sitting next to each other in an airplane or backstage. Um, There's a million places that it could happen.
0: Yeah. I, you know, I always, um, as I said, uh, Kenny's not my assistant anymore. I have a new wonderful assistant, Alec, who has also been my photographer for many, many years. We we like to hire within.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, and I want to actually say that to people who are always like, how did you get this job? Or, and that doesn't just happen mm-hmm. to me, but it's anyone adjacent mm-hmm. to a queen. It's like, well... You first have a long established relationship with mm-hmm. them as like a person. And then you kind of and then this isn't true for everyone, but I'd say the majority of people in our industry are friends of queens who have some element of responsibility or something mm-hmm. they bring to the table that the queen needs. And unfortunately, it is a bit of a closed off kind of environment and I'm not saying people can't get into it but I don't know if it's like an aspirational career move to work for a queen like I don't know how you would get into it (laughs) I guess so when people ask that I don't know well you said
0: it today um it's a career where your personal life bleeds into your work just in the nature of the work that you're doing because so much of the work is based off of you, the he, like you said, it's a it's a one person f- full Broadway production. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now I'm going to ask you the compulsory questions. You already know what they are. Um, you listen to many, but not all of my episodes, um, <laughs> which I think is healthy. Um, are you ready?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Who is your celebrity crush today? Okay,
1: I have been racking my brain for this one. I'm having trouble thinking of a person, but I felt like you might know who. Well,
0: no, because we um, um, we haven't been we haven't been home. Okay, maybe together I can't recently. remember
1: his name. Maybe the guy playing Lestat in the new Anne Rice um, okay. Vampire Chronicles. Yeah,
0: and and did you have the hots for when we were watching Moon Knight, That actor. No, no. I would have thought you might have had the hot. Frame. I could see that, um, but no. Hmm.
1: Hmm.
0: Hmm. Um, but yes, definitely, I see. Well, also the everybody- vampire element, right?
1: And you're supposed to. Have Are a crush you attracted on- to Tom
0: Cruise in the role? Yes. Yeah. But okay. also.
1: Yeah. I would say actually both of the main characters in the original movie and then the new reimagined series going forward. You just hop for vampires d- in Anne Rice. Yeah, and I would say the only difference I have with the new cast is that the long hair with vampires like hits something... Uh-huh. Um, That's like specific to my interest versus you. like someone with short hair.
0: I like... You know I love people with long hair, you, but I... Um,
1: I like well-kept long
0: hair. No, I like big, yeah, yeah, yeah. crazy hair. I love big, crazy hair. Okay, next question. Are you spiritual? Yes. What would you describe your spirituality as? Uh,
1: yeah, not a question I answer all the time, of course, but I practice witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say I'm a green witch if I had to like pick an identity along mm-hmm. with that, which just means that I try to remember and account for all of the life around me. And that doesn't mean I'm not stepping on a bug or we haven't had to have our house rid of mm-hmm. certain rodents here and there in this <laughs> old house we live in but i have because our
0: cats stop giving yeah they're damn. lazy
1: like yeah we will get started on our lazy beautiful cats
0: <laughs> right, lazy wonderful <laughs> wow loud, wow wow they knew we were talking about them um
1: so i think it's more that my job spiritually is to acknowledge that life and also to stand up for it when i feel needed mm. um In my community, in the space I'm in charge of or protective of, which is our house. And I think that relates to how I like to let things grow more naturally. Not Mm -hmm. to say I don't trim things or get things, but I like a balance of what's supposed to be there, what could be there, and what's kind of alive on a small level that we might step on or step over and not notice. Um, Yeah. That's. I mean, you
0: are a very holistic gardener, which I really admire, which then I, knowing that that's a way that you practice your witchcraft is in your gardening, it inspires me in the ways that I practice my witchcraft. Because, you know, um, I, uh, I oftentimes am looking up spells and want to do mm. everything by the letter. But you inspired me that once I have done a spell, I trust that I know now, like, what makes that spell work or um, what why certain things go into that spell. Yeah. You know, and- like, um, knowing that, like, fiery herbs help with protection. Totally, And then kind of trusting my intuition
1: from there. And I would say that's a slight difference between us is I maybe do a little more, like, meditative slash ritual work versus Mm -hmm. like direct spell work Mm -hmm. not that i would say there's like a huge difference between a spell and a ritual Mm -hmm. um and i would say my witchcraft also aligns with i use the moon as like something that i check in with myself and Mm -hmm. how i'm feeling am i perfectly good at that no do i think that is something that needs you need to every waxing moon feel this way or check in about yourself. No, it's just something I try to get back to. Yeah. So, and that's what I really like about free form religion, even if you're not practicing witchcraft, is that you get to decide for yourself and you get to change it and let it evolve and grow.
0: Yeah. And that's very important because I think the rigidity of, faith-based religions or faith or or, you know organized religion one of my big frustrations with it is the rigidity of some religions is what causes so much tension between people yes
1: I like that you said that because a huge part of it for me and I think again back to like both of us having Mm -hmm. pretty vivid imaginations is I like the play aspect of it the silly dorky part that's like is this working or not? And it's like, well, that's actually really just up to me if it is or not. And how
0: is that any different from prayer? Like, I mean, like, like, I mean, it's, it works because of what it means to you. Yeah. Wonderful. Your go-to karaoke song. Uh,
1: I'll let you tell a story. Um, But I was thinking, uh, song from like when i was a teenager that i loved Mm. was inside out by eve six which is like from 1990
0: inside out No. upside down what song
1: uh no it's um so there was like an episode of charmed where that band was in Uh. charmed and i was already into the song so i think it like snuck in um Mm. but it's uh it's inside out like the what are the lyrics it's like I want to put my tender heart in a blender. Oh, my gosh. Uh, watch it spin round to a beautiful oblivion. Oh.
0: Want to put my heart in yeah. a beautiful blender. <laughs> watch it spin around in a beautiful oblivion. And there's just a lot of... Yeah, that exactly. I'm yeah. With you. That's the one. I know all the words to
1: <laughs> uh, that. Okay, not, okay. But I'm not great on the spot. Yeah. Yeah.
0: My favorite story is um, Kenny, Kenny works in show business, but um, has a relative amount of... Uh, reluctance to ever be on stage. Um, I've been very impressed by one, the way that you draw your boundaries. Like, no, I don't work on stage, but you also are flexible with things when Certain things call for it, like you've played puppet roles, so you yeah, are not I, on stage. I do enter
1: the stage to, like, bring things to Bianca. I don't consider that acting or, mm-hmm. like, doing anything that, like... But
0: anytime group, anyone's asked you to do something, like, a bit, you are pretty firm that you don't do bits. No, I, like, <laughs> I I
1: do not like being in front of an audience. Yeah, Um I actually not... I don't have a problem with, like, being on a podcast, yeah. but I don't... I'm not someone that needs to be in front of an audience. That's not a desire mm-hmm, of mine. Mm-hmm. So I'm now. I don't have a fear around it, but it's still not something that I like seek.
0: Yeah, and you're in. Um, you're in the documentary. Um, you're in my life so much that it's hard for you not to pop up in pictures and um, content and Despite stuff.
1: Despite my best effort, but, usually to stay yeah. out of
0: video or people love people play games of like Kenny sightings like yeah. <laughs> yeah um but okay so Kenny does not like karaoke and doesn't do karaoke but we once went to a private where you rent a room so it's just you and your friends and you were pretty tipsy yeah and i was singing maybe this time and i was um i was Singing maybe this time from Cabaret, which I've sung a million times. You also
1: had sang eight songs in a row because all the rest of us had given up. So then you decided
0: to sing Over Me. It was the loudest you have ever sung. There were two mics, so, you know, yeah. Yeah, it was the loudest I have ever heard you sing. You sang your heart out, and it was a really, really beautiful— I stopped singing because I was just actually really— in awe of watching you sing your heart. You had been listening the first to
1: ever. a duo of that song, so I had some idea of what two people. Oh,
0: no, you showed me that duo.
1: It was um, you've been listening Leah to...
0: Michelle and Kristen Chenoweth yeah, yeah, yeah. in Glee. And so I, I like. I, I, I at least it, had yeah. some
1: idea of how we, that I would accomplish that. Well,
0: I didn't really watch Glee, but I'll listen to Kristen Chenoweth sing anything. Either. I watch a lot of other things that people are in. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I love Chris Colfer. He's a wonderful person. Oh, I wa- Amber we Riley, wa- Chris. We Scher- watched season of- one together.
1: Yes. I think when people started liking it, we stopped liking it, which is an unfortunate uh, thing that can sometimes just happen while you're watching something popular.
0: Also, we, we were... You know, I think those were college years. And so we didn't have time for TV. And we kind of don't now. We make time when we're home to catch up with everything, basically. (laughs) Yeah, I don't watch TV while I'm on the road, (sighs)
1: usually.
0: Kenny, um, I'm really happy we decided to do this. Thank you. it's been fun. Yeah, it's been fun.
1: I can hear the music playing in my head.
0: I can too. Isn't that funny? (laughs) Thank you all so much for listening to Hi Jinx here on the Forever Dog and Moguls of Media Network. My name is Jinx Monsoon, and we have new episodes every Wednesday. So make sure to search for Hi Jinx on your favorite podcast app and hit subscribe. You can follow me at the Jinx on Instagram or at Jinx Monsoon everywhere else. And I'll see you next Wednesday for some more Hi Jinx. Oh. M- Mom. To listen to Hi Jinx one day early and ad-free, sign up for Mom Plus at mompodcasts.plus. Hi Jinx is produced by Moguls of Media, aka Mom, hosted by me, Jinx Monsoon, and produced by Joseph Shepherd. Editing and sound design by Will Pitts. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Big Dipper, and Joe Silio.